Hello everyone, welcome to episode 2 of the Holistic Health series by Embracing Wellbeing. My name is Sarah Sadek and I'm a holistic health coach and in this podcast today I will be talking about eating disorders and disordered eating. As you know, your relationship with, uh, with food and to your body is very important as it's a form of showing respect towards it and looking after it on a mental and emotional level and as well as physical level. So my goal of this podcast today is to share awareness information on how to spot the signs in yourself, uh, others around you, and what are the treatment options available out there. So if you feel at any point that this podcast is triggering for you, please do not listen to this podcast. So first of all, a bit of a bit of a personal experience I would like to share is I used to have an unhealthy relationship to food and I struggled with an eating disorder a long time ago for the past couple of years. So my point is is that a lot of them it's easier to deal with an eating disorder or the recovery part of it if you catch it early knowing the signs before it gets serious when you're too deep in it where it's learning and unlearning the behaviors is difficult and it's challenging but it's all possible if you have a support team um, whether for me it was a dietitian or a nutritionist that was looking after making sure I'm nourishing my body um, and getting enough the intake for my body to recover whether if it was something like uh, as the physical parts of it like uh, you know because eating disorders affect not only your physical but also your mental health like for example hair fall you could be feeling fatigued a lot of the time and I also had a therapist which helped me with the mental part dealing with the behaviors and all of these things so that's my part and uh, with all of that support that I got uh, that, uh, I was grateful that I'm a better I'm in a better place mentally and now know how to deal with the tools when you feel like the urge to relapse or slip into old behaviors and awareness is key so this is the most important thing before any change is to be aware of what it is so um, now I'm going to talk about the differences of eating disorders and disordered eating because a lot of us can some people confuse them together well, eating disorders are mental disorders that are characterized by an abnormal eating pattern that affects your physical and mental health because it can show up as hair fall, uh, fatigue, sometimes even heart problems, digestive issues, a lot of the things that we may not even link it to. But at the end of the day, it's your body telling you that there's something wrong and I need to nourishment. So you might have heard of anorexia, bulimia, binge eating disorder, and eating disorder not specified, which is that you're not uh, fulfilling a criteria for a specific eating disorder, so you're like a bit between different ones, which is uh, uh, diagnosed by a clinician, a mental health professional. And what and the difference between uh, eating disorders and disordered eating is that disordered eating is that you don't have exactly you don't fulfill the 
diagnostic criteria for an eating disorder, but it looks like it. For example, um, someone could be, let's say, um, restricting their food and engaging in behaviors of uh, that are associated with bulimia, let's say, inducing vomiting after eating or using laxatives, but it's not like on a frequency where you would say, you know, they clearly are struggling with this disorder. It's not that, it's just they're all over. So that's it, uh, and things like that. So this is what it is. And um, both, whether you're struggling with an eating disorder or a disordered eating, it's the same intensity, and they, you both, that both requires professional help and support, as I've mentioned earlier, having a nutritionist or a dietitian to make sure that you're nourishing your body and a therapist uh, to make sure that your mental health is okay, or you know how to deal with all the urges and your thoughts and emotions. And sometimes in some cases, not all, might require a psychiatrist in case you require any medication um, to help you with them. Was like if you're struggling with depression or anxiety or anything else. So eating disorders now, the main types um, that are out there that we might know that you have heard about is number one, anorexia. Anorexia nervosa, key features, how do you know it's there or to spot it in yourself or in other people? But usually when it's, you spot it in yourself, it's a, a bit, uh, it might be challenging because your perception is different than most people around you. So the key features of anorexia is severe restriction of food or energy intake, uh, intense fear of weight gain. Fearing that weight gain is like, you know, you're out of control. A body image disturbance is when they look at, when you're looking at your body, for example, you don't really look like, you know, you're malnourished. You're like, no, I still look, I need to lose more weight. So no matter, how much weight you lose, you still feel like it's not enough. And you might not, if the person who's struggling with uh, anorexia doesn't recognize how serious it is, like even if there are symptoms of, some might notice, but some may not, like hair fall, fatigue, loss of period, or disruption in the menstrual cycle, slow heart rate, uh, GI issues like indigestion and constipation, there are lots of things that can happen. And uh, there is that uh, uh, anxiety and depression may show up at the same time. You might notice that these kind of individuals are usually, they're rigid and they have perfectionism in common. Um, the severity is based on the BMI. I'm just going to mention something about that, which is the BMI is a tool, it's a, it's a good tool to know whether you're on the severe scale, moderate or mild, but it doesn't really indicate uh, how severe you are because a lot of eating disorder behaviors, even let's if you're, you know, healthy and a normal weight and you still struggle with them, they're still going to affect you. It's just not very obvious. And another thing is that it affects both genders, male and females. Uh, Traditionally, we thought that, you know, females struggle with anorexia, males don't really struggle, actually both struggle. It's just that when it comes to males, it's not very common that they would express like, you know, I might be struggling from anorexia or bulimia or any other disorder, usually. So 
Well, now, uh, thank God that um, these the, the times are changing where where some oh, there some males are more aware of the signs of an eating disorder and reaching out to help, which is a great sign, and uh, helps them recover and get the support that they need in order to uh, be happy with their cells. So. There are some subtypes to anorexia, which some of them, for the first type, is um, the, the no binging and purging behavior, which is usually within the last three months of like, there is no fasting, dieting, or excessive exercise going on, or inducing vomiting, any of that stuff. So this is the first of uh, the subtype. Another subtype is the binge purging type. Um, it doesn't, it's not like bulimia, it may look like it, but it's not actually. So, in the binge and, merging, binge and purging type, during the last three months, uh, the person has engaged in recurrent uh, binge eating or purging behaviors, for example, uh, t taking lots of laxatives and diuretics in order to lose that weight. So, this is for anorexia. Now, when I we're going to talk about bulimia. Bulimia is basically a it's a type of eating disorder where you might notice certain things like the person I'll give you a scenario to make it easier to understand. Let's say that you are you there's something that stresses you out. For example, you had a long or hard difficult day for you and you come back home and um what happens is that you start to eat large amounts of food that is not like the usual normal person would have. And once you're done from that, and you'll feel this lack of control when this is happening. And then after you're done from the binging part, you would induce, induce vomiting, whether it's through um, misuse of laxatives, different, uh, different ways, or excessive even exercise. And generally, this is followed by guilt. You'll feel guilty about, and you'll feel all of these. So, uh, the, fee, the how do you know if you or someone else is struggling is that you'll notice that there is a recurring episode of binge eating within like two hour window, and then there's a sense of lack of control when you're eating. It's like you don't feel you're in control anymore. And there is income, uh, recurrent and inappropriate compensatory behavior like inducing vomiting, self-induced vomiting, misuse of laxative, diuretics, fasting, or excessive exercise. And when you misuse laxative or diuretics or any medication, it can harm your body. So this can be very dangerous. And the criteria for binge eating is basically that uh, of having uh, recurrent episodes of binge eating and compensatory behavior for one week, uh, once a week for over three months. And this, uh, the self-evaluation also affects how you view your, your body and your weight, all these things. And it's not, doesn't, it may look like anorexia, but it's not, it's very different. And just like anorexia, it has different levels of severity based on how many times the binging or the purging is occurring. So for us, like of anorexia, the same thing can happen. You can notice that our physical complications like enamel erosions that's on your teeth, the throat would be irritated because of the acid from the stomach. You're going to 
heart health issues are very common, like fast heartbeat, slow heartbeat, electrolyte imbalance, like sodium, potassium, certain things that are important for heart health, dry hair and skin, malnourishment, and the list goes on. And anxiety depression can exist, and mainly with bulimia, you don't really notice it because uh, they mainly maintain a normal weight, which you wouldn't assume they're struggling, but they are. So, and another, there's another type that is not very common. It's called dibulimia. So what is it? Dibulimia is basically a life-threatening eating disorder in which a person who is diagnosed with type 1 diabetes withholds their insulin just in order to lose weight. Because if you're that, it's going to help, uh, it's going to let them gain weight and they don't want that. So what they do usually, these kind of individuals will... will have different ways of disordered eating behaviors, whether it's purging, like, uh, and, or reducing the medication that they need for the insulin to regulate their diabetes. And they would like, you know, uh, you'll notice this, I'm like, just like everyone else, it's, um, they also, people who struggle with chronic illness, especially diabetes, because a lot, if you think about it, diabetes is about, you know, controlling your food um, because, you know, you want to regulate your glucose levels and you need your insulin and some medications might have side effects. For some, they don't like, you know, I'm going to gain weight because of a certain medication. So there's that. And it's a very serious condition and it requires medication because after all it's there's two parts of it the physical part of it is that if you are struggling or if you are diagnosed with diabetes and you have a lack of insulin or you're usually on you have high blood sugar levels that can be dangerous to your health and can even end up killing some people after all so this is a very serious condition and then we have binge eating disorder you might have heard of it before it's basically when you eat a large amount of food in under two hours and you feel like you're out of control when you're in these episodes and it's usually associated you're eating more rapidly than a normal person or when you're uncomfortably full or eating large amounts when you don't have even you're not even physically hungry you're just eating the food and usually if you are if you or someone else is struggling with binge eating disorder you'll do it in secret because like there is this embarrassment and shame to it and even after that, you might feel disgusted and depressed and guilty. And you'll notice that you, there's some kind of distress going on with the person. And um, for the, for you to fulfill a binge eating disorder um, diagnosis, this needs to occur once a week for three months, or that's the minimum. And this is diagnosed, obviously, by a mental health professional. And this is not associated with any compensatory behavior that you've seen with uh, bulimia or anorexia, like, you know, exercising after. Which brings me to uh, the other spe- other specified eating disorders. Now, other specified eating disorders, we have a couple. So we have, first of all, a typical anorexia, which I wanted to mention. As I mentioned earlier, it's like the symptoms of anorexia exactly the only difference is that you're not meeting the criteria of the severe weight loss that's showing that you're struggling with anorexia exactly 
and still these those individuals or yourself may struggle with the physiological side effects and it may be present whether it's you know feeling like you're tired or lightheaded sometimes or having like the bouts of a blood sugar drop because you're restricting your food so much or excessive exercise and then you have another besides uh, a typical anorexia uh, there is bulimia nervosa which is another type which is as in it's basically like bulimia except that you're not meeting the criteria for this uh, inappropriate compensatory behavior that occurs less than once a week uh, for three months binge eating the same thing so if you're not meeting the criteria for binge eating um, if you're not doing that every every week let's say for three months or it happens let's say once every two weeks that might be that and purging syndrome is basically where you're not binging there's no part of binge eating episodes whatsoever but there are purging behaviors present to influence your shape or your body in any form whether it's uh, using misusing laxatives diuretics or medications any of these kind of things and there's also nice eating syndrome which is basically recurring episodes of night eating after waking from deep sleep even if you already had an evening meal which brings me to how can I support myself and how can I support others now how you can support yourself can be done through different ways first of all it's knowing the symptoms what am I struggling with or noticing if something is off or out of your usual pattern so once you know let's say if you've noticed that you might have some symptoms that what the next step would be is reaching out for help or support with a therapist to know if this is actually the case or what's going on because at the end of the day when you're struggling with an eating disorder it's a coping mechanism to fill the void for example um, when we talk about binge eating disorder so for those who struggle with binge eating disorder it's like there's a void inside of them or an emptiness that they fill with food that gives them that comfort so there's that and uh, connecting or having a support system whether it's a friend a family and a parent that you trust or a loved them that you can up to and share your experience because there is liberation in saying your story or your struggles because it makes you feel less alone because you might be surprised that there are other people who struggle with the same thing as you do so when it comes to how to recognize it in others around us or loved ones so sometimes you'll notice let's say when you're around them you'll notice certain signs like they have a specific food ritual where they wouldn't eat certain foods or they would let's say in some cases for example that in for example given different contexts for example in anorexia you might notice them that when it comes to eating out they may not eat as much out but when they feel okay with eating specific foods which uh, are like the safe foods like the fear foods are like you know greasy oily foods they'll try to stay away from them 
and uh, for bulimia you might notice them let's say if you're having uh, like having meals with them and totally they'll just disappear to the bathroom for a bit and um purge and just get rid of it um and then for binge eating usually you'll see it's not really noticeable but they would be doing that in secret and sometimes you'll notice that uh, not all cases generally uh, individuals who struggle with binge eating disorder might be on the overweight side that's generally based on statistics and another thing you can do is let's say if you notice these signs on your loved one or your friend or anyone and you're close to them approach them in a compassionate way and like check in with them ask them like i've noticed that uh, there been there's been something going on with you are you doing okay like just check in with them approach them in a non-judgmental way and be compassionate and listen to them as you're if they trust you and they're uh, talking about their own experience and you can be there as a as a support system or as a friend to support them and let's say if you notice that you know tell them that um be their support in a way of telling them you know i'm gonna like would you like some help maybe finding a, a therapist or something like that you can talk to or you know try to nudge them in the way of seeking professional support uh, from a place of concern and, and love and um, when they see a therapist and everything uh, make sure when they come to you and let's say they had a slip up of any form in any behavior just approach them the compassionate be ready to listen to them you don't have to exactly fix it the situation that they're in just be there for them because as any person who's struggling with the relationship to food it's not always about the food it's about how food is a vehicle on how to deal with your emotions and all of these things so just be able to listen to them be there to support be a listening ear if anything because they just want you to be there the most of the time in my experience when i would let's say reach out to a friend with a struggle that i had i didn't really want anyone to tell me you know do this or do that I, all i wanted was someone to tell me i'm here for you i'm listening for you and that's it that's all i needed someone to be there with me so now this is something that you can do and if you feel like it's something beyond you or it's in a severe just you know tell them that i think uh something along the lines of i think uh, a therapist can be of a better help for you than i am because i'm not experienced in that and then that's it that's really that so if you have any questions uh regarding this topic or would like to ask uh reach out to me via instagram at embracing underscore well-being or you can reach out to me via my website or uh, my email which is sarah dot sarah at embracingwellbeing.com thank you for listening to my podcast and take care